Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alstead, here with Keith Myers. Keith, welcome into the show. Let's talk some free agency. Let's do it. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Um, well, first of all, how are you doing? Uh, you have a good week? I did. I had a I had a good week, had a good weekend. I actually got to um relax for the first time in months, and now I'm sitting here drinking a fantastic, fantastic beer out of a brandy snifter Ooh, and absolutely nice. love for it. those that can see that on youtube that looks amazing i have got a well-concealed uh red wine in my stainless uh see cup. you're trying to act like you're drinking water and while we're doing this that's and, exactly and, it's it is water and, and no one's gonna know and i'm sitting here with a brandy snifter going yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> well we are recording i want to let everyone know we are recording at like eight o'clock at night yes, we so are. we are we are well within our right to 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 do that so let's let's talk seahawks free agency um a lot of great things happened since we pushed the record button last time a couple things you know happened as we were recording we didn't really have time to have that total (laughs) instant reaction uh when we had dan viens on last week um but they they've done some things so carlos dunlap signed ben simioa uh, had signed. We found out some contract details there, so I thought I'd just share those. Carlos Dunlap, two years, sixteen point six million, eight point five million guaranteed. Um, not quite yet sure uh, how much dead money is on that. If he was, it was just a one-year deal. I think it's legit two years on this particular situation. It appears to be the Benson. Yeah, the Benson Mayo deal is uh, a little different in that it's a two-year, seven point six two million dollar deal. Uh, deal. Four point one million guaranteed. Uh, the contract notes on that is that um, it's a signing bonus plus the uh, twenty twenty one salary is that uh, four point one million guaranteed um, with some active bonuses and so forth. The um, it automatically voids though five days after the um, the two thousand twenty two Super Bowl, mm-hmm. so that the twenty three and twenty four years would appear to be. Um, non-existent on that particular yeah, it's deal. A, so, it's a one-year deal for, for um, was it 4.1? 4.1. Uh, it's a one-year deal for 4.1, and they took most of that 4.1, put it in signing bonus, spread it out over three years, so that way two-thirds of it, uh, does two-thirds of what he's going to make doesn't count towards the salary cap this year. And they have money to burn in the next couple of years after this, mm-hmm. so that made a lot of sense. In fact, I was surprised they kind of didn't do that more. But we can talk about that. So the the I was gonna say that with the Dunlap deal, you look at those numbers: two years, about sixteen million, half of it guaranteed. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back on this show a few months ago, we were talking about how do you, yeah, how do you get this how do you get this Dunlap deal done because he can't play on that fourteen million dollar contract, and you know it was he he's. It, it's, he's got he's an eight million dollar guy. Got zero, he's, an eight and a half, he's got right. zero guaranteed money. So you, yes. you you say okay that uh, that fourteen million that you it's on your contract you're never going to see. Let's make sure that you get most of that, or if not a little bit more. But you're going to have to work. You're going to have to spread it out and play for two years to get it. 
um, and we'll make make sure like half of it's guaranteed. I mean, that was the conversation that we had. So this is what they're going to do. Absolutely. Make, you know, so he goes from 14 to 16, but it spreads out over two years instead of 14 and one. So for him, he gets he gets more money overall. He gets guarantees, but he has to play for two years instead of one to get all, all of his money. And, and it just make would make sense for him. And in the end, they cut him. He got to test free agency, find out that, you know, the money wasn't out there for him. And then he came back with exactly that deal. So um, I think it's a great signing great for the team, good value for everyone. It's just, it just works out. Part of the way that they were able to do that deal though, is the team um, did not come to terms with Jaron Reed. They wanted to try to reduce his cap number. They couldn't do that. Jaron Reed was released with a cap savings of $8.5 million. This happens to be about the same amount that uh, Carlos Dunlap's uh, 2021 hit would be. Plus they did, uh, Carson as well. So actually with, um, and, with Dunlap's salary, because of the way that his, his signing bonuses, his, his, his actual cap value, um, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is Tell lower. Me. What? It was How it's much? like four, eight. I couldn't find that information. So thank you. Um, four, eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it does, it does push a lot of it in a year too, but you know, they, they saved eight and a half by cutting, uh, Reed. They got Dunlap back for, like four eight, they got Bensameo. Um, um, <sighs> no, I was thinking, you know, the, and then they've Cedric Abuihe. I was going to say Jordan the uh, well, yeah, Abuihe and Simmons were both for uh, near the league minimum, and then um, Woods, Woods, the defense, the they, you know, they so they they lost Reed, but they got they brought Al Woods back, um, which is great, and the combination of all of those guys, their salary. Um, I wasn't including Hader in that, but the rest of the guys that we've mentioned, all of their salary comes out to be about Jerron Reeds. So you lose one guy, you gain. Uh, I think it was a necessary move. Yeah, just one. you lose one guy, you bring back, you have four come in, and you improve not only your talent it, with um, Dunlap, but your depth overall on the offensive line, um, you know, and the defensive line. So it's just, it's kind of a a, a no nonsense move. I mean. It does suck to lose Reed. I mean, he's a, he's a good player, but that contract was just an albatross. It was just terrible, and it had to go. Yeah, I think when that when that contract was signed, I think every intent was to have him redo the deal or or you know have him to, you know released or traded or whatever. That deal was never really realistic. I think we looked at that last year and just thought, what what's going on with that? That doesn't seem like a very good contract in Seattle's favor. And um, usually, those things aren't done let that obvious out of John Schneider's office. So, um, so we mentioned, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Ben Samoa, uh, Cedric Abuahe. We were talking about the, the remaining needs on last week's show tackle being one of them, swing tackle guy that could come in. They re-signed Cedric Abuahe to a one year veteran minimum deal. I presume it hasn't yet, yet uh, been reported, but I couldn't see it uh, amounting to much more than that. And then Jordan Simmons, our guard, was brought back. He ended up starting five or six games for Seattle this year on a one-year deal to come back. They, uh, he did not have a, a tender extended to him. Oh yeah, he was never because um, the the lowest tender was two point one million. Exactly. And you're not giving that exactly. to a backup guard. You know, you're you're right. paying eight hundred. So this 000. was always the plan. Um, yeah. And and for that, so yeah, they they let him. go. What did you think about that? Those two moves right there, the the two offensive uh, linemen. I think they're depth. I mean, you're not talking about starters. 
you're talking about guys that can play multiple positions. Um, Simmons has played right guard and left guard over the last couple of years and did so competently. He's not good. He's not terrible. Um, he's, you know, mildly competent. He's not quite, he's not average even. He's just a, a fill in yeah. for a guy that should be in, yeah. you know, an injury. Hedge. And, you know, so he's a guy that makes the minimum and can, can back up two positions competently. Um, okay. There's I want to no... know, you know, I, I haven't, I don't remember, but I don't know how athletic he is. Like how will he fit in a Shane Waldron type of thing? It seems like we, we acquired him when we were kind of moving in a different direction. So I, I haven't looked at his physical profile for a while. Oh, he's so big. I'm not, I'm not he's sure. a big guy. Um, like a, a, even for a guard, he's a very big guy. Is it a draft hedge then? I bet you that Jordan Simmons thing is completely unguaranteed if I had to guess. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, he might have like a $50,000 signing bonus that if they cut him, they'd, you know, carry that as dead right. money for the year, but that's a drop in the bucket for an NFL team. Right. So you combine that with the Gabe Jackson trade. Mm-hmm. You add those two guys back in. Is that enough? Uh, or do you think, and, and Ethan Posick no, coming they, back in a one year deal. They, Ethan Posick's deal, um, which is his cap number is only 1.1 million, which yeah. is great. Um, that's a backup offensive lineman contract. Um, for a backup offensive lineman, they, he's there. They know he can start. He did. He actually played pretty well in the first half of the Mm -hmm. season. And then his play really dropped off, um, in the second half. But, you know, they, they know that there's at least some ability there. Um, but they're paying him as a backup. He's, he's a backup and they're, they're starting center. We don't know who that is yet. Um, I still think they get their starting center in the draft and the starting center might not start week one, but the guy that's going to hold that spot on the roster um, is could be a draft pick. And then, you know, you work them in second, third, fourth week, you know, without the usual off season, it's going to be uh, a little later than normal. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you bring them along a little slower than you had to with uh, Damian Lewis last year. And then, you know, by mid season, he's, playing every down and he's your, he's your center for the next five years or more. So uh, let's talk about a couple of guys that are left unsigned, touch base with, with those guys and then some of the holes we have left. And then let's just kind of evaluate the the whole thing as a whole. Um, Seahawks undrafted guys undrafted or not undrafted, unrestricted uh, guys left um, KJ Wright. There's a rumor out there that uh, him and Dallas are talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't yet uh, talked about uh, numbers, which seems ridiculous. Um, but uh, they're talking about, you know, is it a two-year deal or is it a one-year deal? Um, I think it's one of those things where KJ is going out to to get a deal, to get an offer so that he can bring it back to Seattle. Well, and there's also... To me, that's, that's one of those... There's deals. also one of the situation that if the Seahawks um, have been slow playing this expect you know his his asking price is going to come down and then they'll bring him back if he go if he's talking to dallas and that might happen and he starts you know talking it up then that spurs seattle to okay let's up our offer um there might not I mean, there might not be anything between him and dallas it might just be a ploy to get seattle to bring their offer up uh, or there might be um I get that people, or there might be a discussion with KJ and 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 the office who's he he's been with for ten years mm-hmm. to to match. I mean, you've got a you've got a situation where he's coming off 
a really good year. But that really good year came after two bad years. And even though he played really well and, and made play after play after play, he also looked slow out there. Um, I don't know what kind of market he's going to have, even though he's coming off um, what was a very productive season. And we said that before free agency. And it, here we are, like, you know, two weeks in. Yeah. And he's still sitting out there. Right. Yeah. We're, we've been spot on in almost every uh, free agency analysis that we've done. Uh, and which is weird because it, usually it's crazy. At some point, at some point, our luck is going to, um, you know, run out and we'll actually, you know, start missing these the way we should. Yeah. Um, but we, ha- I think we need, we need to start putting this stuff in writing. I, <laughs> I've talked to you about that. That's exactly, that's why I kind of want to do what I want to do. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Um, Quentin Dunbar. Um, it's interesting because I think the guy needs like a, an offer of a slightly more than veteran minimum kind of a deal for Seattle, maybe a $1.5, $1.8 million one year prove it deal to come in and see if the knee's good, maybe an unguaranteed deal or very small amount of, of guaranteed money there just so that we can get him into training camp and see how he, uh, is able to, to move and, um, operate in the defense because, Right now, it's looking like um, Akella Witherspoon and Trey Flowers are competing for a starting spot, um, save anything that we can get in the draft um, at corner along with DJ Reed. And I'm just curious as to your thoughts um, on Quentin Dunbar. Actually, one of, the, that spot. one of the names that's been, um, it's not just floating around. Like it's, it's Richard Sherman. Yeah, I mean, Sherman's talking about being open with coming back to Seattle and and apparently he's spoken with Pete Carroll and they've, you know, talked about some of the reasons why Richard left and that besides just the injury and contract and stuff. But, um, and you know, there's been some discussion there and if he can, you know, buy back in and basically, uh, do what, um, Marshawn Lynch did because Marshawn Lynch didn't leave on good terms, um, with Seattle, but after a couple of years in Oakland and he sat out a little bit, he and, and Pete Carroll met, they, you know, hugged. I don't think anybody's really mad at Pete Carroll. No. Pete Carroll loves these guys. You know, almost every one of these guys would stand up at Pete Carroll's induction cer- ceremony in Canton one day and speak eloquently about him True, for, but it's not, for hours. But at the same time, you know, he, he talked about how people had tuned him out and that the you know, oh, so they're unhappy with me, so we're going to have another kumbaya meeting. That's, you know, the Richard Sherman line. Um, and basically, I mean, he had, was he mad at Pete Carroll? No, but he had tuned Pete Carroll out and was a disruptive force in the locker room, and Pete was not. And that comes, and that comes you know, with a, a slight bit of immaturity and, you know, kind of an, a self-promoting elevation thing that he his headspace was at i mean he's a premier guy at the top of his game yeah he's gonna have an ego and um that's that's the thing mm-hmm. you know that that uh, that makes him great and also makes him vulnerable to having the team turn the corner yeah off. and you know i mean i obviously don't have anything against richard sherman i think he is neither do one I. of my absolute favorite favorite seahawks of all time even it you know I don't care that he went to San Francisco and whatnot. Great player. I loved his bravado and all of that. But with all of that does come, you know, his ability to rub some people the wrong way. 
And he, sure. he took it a little far and Pete Carroll said enough. Um, and, and, and he had the Achilles. The, the, yes. I think that was the larger fact. I, I don't think it was larger um, because the same reason they got rid of, of Michael Bennett, right? They got rid of the two really loud guys that, that had become a problem in terms yeah, of. What and they Seattle were hasn't really been, um, been at that level since. Yeah. I mean, they won 12 games last year. Yeah, but they still weren't at that level. Even with 12 wins, but they weren't a better team. They weren't. They weren't at that level when those guys left. They weren't good. Yeah, that's true. They weren't. But, they weren't good. Yeah, but that wasn't those guys' fault. No, it wasn't. But the team, the the team is better now than they were when those guys left. Um, but because you don't, they didn't leave after 2014, right? They it, it was later than that, and the team had already kind of decayed a little bit. Those guys leaving created a talent deficit, but all of a sudden there was more energy and. Guys played together a little better, and and the results were the same even with less talent. So, um, I I I agree. I, no, I agree. It, it comes down to it comes down to money and what Sherman will play for, and what Seattle can dig up in terms of cap space to to make. Do you think happen. he's likely signing after the draft? I don't think on a team that didn't hit uh, uh, on a on a corner pick in the draft, and might be looking. I don't. At them. I, if I was him, I wouldn't wait that long. I wouldn't wait either because you just never. Well, that, that yeah, money dries up, opportunity dries up. If you're waiting to after the draft, you're signing for close to the minimum, even if you're Richard Sherman. Yeah, I would take a guaranteed money deal right yeah. now if you can. So if, um, if you could get guaranteed money at like four million to for one year, go do it. And if it's a chance to come back to Seattle and and you know make sure that there isn't yeah. a maybe he's still got the house in Issaquah or where, wherever it was. Yeah, Maple I mean, Valley. why not? Yeah. So um, Bruce Irvin still out there i think he's likely a guy especially considering the need mm-hmm. um that that waits until training camp to find yeah. um, a home and then geno smith uh, likewise looks like he would probably end up coming back to a seattle team um but again there's no rush uh unless you know they find something in the draft or whatever um so it, it waiting makes sense there um let's talk about the holes still um, what do you see as the, the, the holes on the team remaining after all of the moves that we've done? And maybe you can kind of tie it all together for us as far as what you think uh, Seahawks have done so far. And is it is it enough? Are we a better team overall uh, than we were when we started this process? We're, we're, I think we're definitely a better team. And here's, here's where I'm going with that, is that on offense, the one hole is a starting center. And what you've got there is the guy who was there last year. So you're not getting worse at that position, you're just staying equal and you don't want to do that. You want to get better. Um, and maybe wide receiver three. Um, and so those two are, are, are the, are kind of the spots where they need to add, um, on offense. The rest of the offense is pretty well set. I mean, they got Carson back, um, you know, their top two wide receivers. They, um, you know, the tight end room is good. The offensive line has come together with the exception of center. Um, so that's your that's your thing. How do you feel about the offensive line? I actually feel pretty good about it. I, I know that you just mentioned Posick, but what do you think about? Um, I mean, Gabe Jackson is a legit, like, uh, Pro Bowl level, just very, very good player. Um, he was. I think I said this last week. Like, he that was the worst position on on the offensive line last year at left guard. Although he'll probably play right, and they'll move Damian Lewis to left. But whatever. Um, he's replacing Lou Potty, who was. Um, the Lupati Simmons, uh, position was the worst on the offensive line. And now it's arguably, arguably the best. 
And I know that people will say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's Dwayne Brown. And, and okay, Brown's more valuable because he's a left tackle and not a guard. But is he better at his job than Gabe Jackson is at his job? And I would say no. I would say mm. I would say Gabe Jackson's probably oh come on probably the he, he's not as valuable nowhere close to no as I'm valuable. not I'm not talking to value I'm just talking like just the player still is Brown is a top ten left tackle in the NFL is Gabe Jackson a top five guard yes you think he's top five I do he 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 did not give up a sack I, last year. Yeah, he I'm not going to argue with the fact that one, that left side is now primo. Oh, I, I think he's going to play on the right. But um, you think? I do. Um, okay, so what's the plan? So the plan will be uh, Brown, Lewis, maybe Post, wow. Postic, or another one, um, Gabe Jackson, and then Shell. Do you think that they would freely move Lewis around? They moved him to center in the last second year. year. Yeah, but out of one game desperation. I think um, you know you're going to have Jackson for a few years. Um, you yes. traded for him. Well, a, let me ask you about that. He's got an unguaranteed contract and it's pretty sizable. In fact, it's one of the most sizable unguaranteed deals on the team at $9.6 million um, this year, 19197 million overall. Mm-hmm. All of it is just he's a can- out there. He's a candidate to have that deal, have that deal reworked, restructured yeah. to free up some cap space when they need it to sign um, rookies mm. or Richard Sherman or Richard Sherman. Uh, um, so that's the, that's okay. on the offense on the defense. I, I actually kind of like what they did. I mean, you, you brought Dunlap back, which they needed um, desperately because he really made the rest of that line better. They brought Mayo back who was really good when used properly. Um, and when they, in a rotation, yeah, you know, as a guy that could just rush the passer and not have to think about stopping the run or any of that stuff. Um, and they brought in Hader, who was really productive last year. Um, I mean, he kind of out of a starting job because Bosa's going to be back from his injury, but uh, still, he was he was really good. They actually up- and he signed a very team friendly, very team contract, friendly contract with a two point two one five cap hit for twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's and really solid. And so the, I mean, that actually that greatly improves the pass rush. Um, and then okay, they lost. Um, Reed, but they brought Woods back, so that gives them another big mm. body in the middle. But not an interior rusher. No, it's not an interior rusher. But you're looking at uh, look at the development of of Monet and and Ford over the last couple of years. If they improve even just a little bit and continue to develop, you you bring in Woods as the rotation guy, and because they have Hater at the five tech, you're going to see more of that was a surprising move. I wasn't expecting that. You're going to see more of Collier at the three tech. Um, mm-hmm. Cause Collier played well last year. Um, really surprised all of us and with how well he played, but he, he's not, he's not a great edge rusher. He's a bull rush, you know, power yes. guy. He's great against the run um, on that side. So he's out there, yes. he's out there in, in, you know, running downs, you know, second and or third and short, um, that kind of stuff. Do you think he'll break down inside? I don't. He's, um, he's a big guy. No, he is a big guy, but he's not quite as big as Jaron Reed. No, but, um, Jaron Reed played exclusively in there. This is more of a Michael Bennett role where he moves in and out. Um, mm. and so what do you think uh, after all the moves, it looks like we're mostly done at this point. I mean, they need a probably corner. maybe got a few things, maybe. They'll they'll take a look uh, in the draft first. I know that they want to solve as many problems as possible. 
the strong side linebacker situation with KJ Wright uh, undetermined yet is still a question um, to be resolved. Maybe a, a depth corner at the very least and a starting corner over Witherspoon that's better than Witherspoon at the at the best. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's I, Richard Sherman. I think they need a, um, I think and, they need a corner. Sherman would be ideal. And then that's it. Everything else can you can get in the draft and then after the draft, mm-hmm. after yeah, you at know, that point you're looking for special that teams market. guys and deep well deep and even bench. even even then you're still gonna have a ton of guys unsigned mm-hmm. just because the market is so constricted. And the thing is, um, I don't, if you rework Gabe Jackson's deal, you could have some money available to to look at some other. I don't think you need free agents that are available. I don't think you need to deal for like really worry about the strong side linebacker spot because of the what you've done at, on the defensive line. If you're going to go all in on this roster for this year to win a Super Bowl, do you take any chances? Do you just go ahead and commit and build the roster as deep as you can? at all the spots that you know you're vulnerable well, you, and we're vulnerable you, there. You always do. But I think the fact that you've got Cody Barton and you've got a situation where, um, you know, you're going to want to play a ton of nickel in order to get... And have Blair on the field. To get Blair yeah. on the field and let, um, you know, Jamal Adams do his Jamal Adams thing. And so you're going to play a ton of nickel with three safeties. Um, what do you think about Jamal Adams at strong linebacker I mean, and have you, I mean, um, Blair come in full time at strong safety just so they're on the field all the time? I don't think you caught I me. Mean, do you want him upsetting the edge on every down? Well, he he wouldn't have to with a five check out. No, because on 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 the side of the field that the strong side linebacker plays, their job is to set the edge. Like that's their job. That's the reason why everyone whined about. Uh, Bruce Irvin, when he was here in Seattle, not getting enough stats. Well, his job wasn't to go get stats. His job was to set that edge and turn the runner inside on every play. And he did that. You don't want Jamal Adams doing that. You want Jamal Adams moving around. Yes, he's going to play strong side linebacker, but he's going to be covering. Not He took more down. strong side linebacker snaps in New York than he did any other position. That's alignment, not job. Right. And so in Pete's... But that's uh, and, that's uh, Ken's aligned, de- that's... Uh, defense. Where's the alignment? Where, how? Here's the situation that I'm looking at: is that you've got Amadi, and now Blair's coming back. Originally, they were going to compete for that spot. It looks like Amadi did a good enough job to be that guy. So that, and you've got Diggs on the back end as free safety. You really don't have a free safety. You can call Blair that, but he really hasn't been tested as far as deep. Uh, coverage and sideline to sideline ability on that deep third. And, and so to me, there's really nobody on the team that we have currently on the roster that can fill Diggs' spot in, you know, if Diggs went out the first game with a devastating injury, we would have to go find some. Ryan Neal. Um, maybe he's, I don't think he's got enough speed to play that spot. He's, he's the guy on the roster. He's, and he's a cornerback. So, you know, he can cover and he can do all those things. Does he have the speed to make, to cover the the ground, maybe not, but Tedrick Thompson had all the speed in the world. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to terrible. scheme that thing to to help him. They also but, they also play so my my, my point is you want to you want to put the the guys on the field that are the most talented. Yeah, most of the time, and you got to see what you've got in Blair. I mean, you invested a second round pick in the guy, and he needs to be out there. And with the current roster on the defense. There's not a spot for him unless you create something. Well, I think what you do is you, I mean, you don't, 
when so you're thinking about playing the 2019 defense more than the 2020 defense where you're running a lot more nickel well, the, the, like 60 70 percent of the time the, 29, the, base the, 29, the 2019 defense they were in the base defense for like 90 percent of the snaps and that was the problem um and then you go back to like that that's correct um and so i think you kind of do the opposite of that and you stay in the you, you're in the nickel most of the time um and when you say that Jamal Adams lined, lined up say. at strong side linebacker for the Jet, he that's where he was standing when the ball was snapped. But that doesn't mean that his um, job, as far as what he is asked to do on that specific play, his role was a strong side linebacker. He just happens to be on the strong side of the field um, there behind uh, the defensive end. That's where he's standing. But is he uh, is he coming up and setting the edge? No, you're not using him that way. Um, you're asking someone else to do that, and you're asking him to do um, things that a defensive back would do. And I think I think that's what you're going to see in in this is you're going to have he's going to move around, he's going to do his thing, but you're going to see a lot of three safety looks um, with him and Blair on the field at the same time. What do you think about the roster, the talent level, just overall? I, like, are we, like I, I asked you before, are we better? I mean, I think we're better. Yeah, because we really haven't lost a lot. I mean, when you take a look at it, we've lost Griffin, Jaron Reed, Hollister, Hyde, Moore, Dorsett. The last four are just guys you could replace, replaceable level guys. Shaquille Griffin's plus a level guy, but he's not special. And then Reed was was definitely a guy that had moments, but other times he was really, just, you know, really just, just a guy in there, right? And so I think um, with the current roster, without the draft, without any other moves, I think we're, we're exactly mm-hmm. where we were last year, plus a little bit. You're better at defensive end for sure. Maybe not at tackle, but uh, Al Woods is definitely capable of stopping the run, one of the best in the NFL mm-hmm. top you know, 10, 12 guy there. Um, so I think that that's going to be, well, we don't really know yet what we have in Cedric Lattimore. Uh, I, the team's really high on him um, from what I understand. And, and he should um, make the roster as a rotation guy this year, I think, unless we draft a, a defensive tackle that just turns out in the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, the Kerry Hyder thing surprised me. I mean, I thought about it more and more. I was like, we just had no idea the team was interested in upgrading that position. I, I thought that, you know, they were disappointed a little bit in green. Um, and then they had some upside thoughts on Collier, but we all looked at that Dunlap deal and it was like, they're only, there's only so many resources. They're going to have to focus on that, that Dunlap mm-hmm. um, situation. And so we just completely discounted the possibility that they might turn to that other thing, but they got it at such a value yeah. that it was a no brainer. And if they knew that they were moving on from Reed before uh, that was announced and this Kerry Hyder thing was in conjunction with moving Collier inside, that makes total sense. Well, I mean, you think about it, like you have on that side, you've got Hader and Collier and green, right. Um, and so all of a sudden Rashim green who flashed, like just, he's got, he's just a, an amazing athlete. Um, and it's flashed, you know, just incredible talent at times. He's now the third guy in that rotation and, you know, an active scratch in, in week one, if everyone's healthy, um, you know, on the other side, you've got, 
uh, Mayoa and um, Robinson and Taylor. I was saying, and, and now Dunlap. And Dunlap. And so then you have Robinson and Taylor. I'm thinking Robinson and, and Taylor too. You look at their their prototypes. Those guys could. I, in fact, when uh, Robinson was playing or when uh, Taylor was drafted too, I was looking at you know their size and, and ability to set the edge and stuff. Those guys could play on the on the on the strong side as well. Yeah, and and so you and you know you could set up a NASCAR package where you have mm-hmm. um, you know Robinson in there at the three tech. You know it's third and ten. Mm. And you have, um, you don't need size. You don't need a guy that, that eats, um, you know, blocks or anything Double like teams, that. Right. You, you know, you just get guys in there that can, that can get through a gap. And, you know, as far as, uh, defensive linemen go, the best first step, um, on the roster is probably Alton Robinson. Play him at three tech and watch him just make guards really uncomfortable uh-oh. Do we have too many guys right now, or we have just the right amount? Uh, you don't have. You can never have too many pass rushers. I know. I understand that, but l- like literally, uh, will we have to cut a guy out of that list? Yes, unless someone gets hurt. Um, Rasheem Green, or he seems susceptible. He does. Or or Mayoa. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose Mayoa only because no, nah, his he's, contract's guaranteed. He's got some you're value. Not, you're not losing him. Um, but basically you're going, you're looking at, you know, regime green might get cut or they're, they're not going into this with, um, knowing, thinking that Lewis is, is a guarantee. I mean, he didn't play last year. Um, and so they're, they're one of, you mean Taylor or yeah, Taylor. Um, they're trying to make sure that he is, um, you know, they, they want to see what they've got, um, in him before they just count on it. Uh, and so he, they're not taking any chances. They're not going, okay, well, you know, we've got Taylor. We can just count on that. We don't need to replace him and then have him, you know, come up lame, you know, in the preseason and um, need to have another surgery on his leg and be out for the year. And now they don't have any depth. Um, They're loaded at, you know, at, uh, at defense. Which is the opposite problem we had last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not a problem this year. Last year it was like they were waiting around for Clowney. And when he didn't come back, they were left empty because all of the guys yeah. flew off the board and, and were offered contracts elsewhere. And we we signed Benson Mayo. Yeah, Mayo and, and, and Bruce Irvin, and then Bruce Irvin gets gets hurt in week one. And that's yeah, and that's that's the chance that the team took, and it was not a good choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some legit guys out there, and we spent all that money on a bunch of guys filler. I mean, we started the free agency last year, I think, with fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and it just kind of went out into um, mid-level, mid-tier kind of guys, yeah. and but I mean, that's, that's rough. It, it, it turned out to be really bad um, uh, at defensive end last year. But I mean, yeah, they they were they were waiting out Clowney, and then that fell apart. They ended up with Mayo and Irvin. Irvin gets hurt in week one. Mayo misses uh, a big chunk of, of the season in and the he, middle, and he was overused um, out of necessity. And and Taylor, their second round pick, who they were counting on coming in and being a, a major com- contributor, didn't play. All year. So it sounds like we're better on both sides of the ball, in your opinion. I think without any additional moves, I, I still think they need a corner. Um, and I know that Blair is going to kind of count for that once he's back because they're going to play a lot of three safeties rather than um, having another corner. But I, I think they need another corner, whether that's Sherman or there's a draft. Well, pick. they certainly need a. They need no less than a solid depth uh, option that might be better than Flowers. Yeah. 
because we just don't know, I think, what we have yet in Weather, uh, Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some tremendous upside there. Both of us really liked him in the 2017 draft. In fact, he was definitely on my list of a uh, short list of Seahawks picks in the second or third round that, that I was pining for. And I'm very interested to see uh, how he turns out in this uh, defense. Um, it's very similar to what he was used to in, uh, with the 49ers. But I just think that he didn't, didn't get a, a large enough opportunity there. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, 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 will, he, he will fall apart a little he bit. Ran but. A, he ran into some injuries, and that, that definitely um, made life a little more challenging for him. And, and, um, but he played, he played well at times. And he struggled he a little bit. Good coverage grades and stuff. No, I mean, he, it's not like he's been horrible. No, he hasn't been. He just hasn't been on the field as much as I think everyone wants. Yeah. So, so the upgrade there, um, just based on everything that we've done in free agency, what are the the top two or three needs in the draft where we go in and, and feel comfortable enough of, of adding depth at those specific positions center of need center center corner wide receiver yeah and and the draft is rich in all three of those at least early on mm-hmm. at center the first two or three rounds at center and then probably through the fifth round in in those other two spots yep. I, 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 you go into the draft i think they need to, they need to get a center or at least an interior um offensive lineman someone that they can convert to center um, or, or move Lewis or move Lewis in. Um, and they need, uh, they need a corner. I mean, you, and there's some really nice options out there. DJ Reed is a, was a great find last year. Um, it, it, that makes life a little easier, but right now they've got him and Amadi. That, that know the defense, you know, and played here, and then Witherspoon. Um, and I guess Trey Flowers is there, but I think after three years of of seeing Flowers up and down, right, he was good as a rookie, bad year two. Last year he started out bad, played played much better for a while, and then had a couple bad games at the end of the year. Um, you know, he's a guy that I'm tired of depending on because he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And There's a couple of picks there at the, uh, the the three was it the four one thirty overall. Mm-hmm. That that's an area right there that uh, if if a couple players are hanging around or, or available like a um, like a Keith Taylor out of Washington, I really loved the way that he moved at the Senior Bowl. His hips were so fluid and he's tall and long. He's a little his uh, arms are a little short, which surprised me. I think he's got like 31 and a half inch arms or whatever. And they do have a criteria of 32 inch arms, at least in the past. Now, DJ Reed might be the exception, um, but um, that might be something that, that takes him off the board. But a guy like Benjamin St. Uh, Juice. Um, uh, he's the guy I'm is, looking at. Is very six, intriguing. Six foot three. Um, yeah. Senior out of. Oh, and he gave an interview that I just, I fell in love with the guy. Yeah. He just is is amazing he just looks like a seahawk he is a he's the type of guy that they draft in you know um you know pick one i don't know 30 ish somewhere in there yeah, after trading yeah, yeah. down and right. turn him into a star i mean he he's that kind of guy yes. I, I just he is that kind i think of guy. he is the 
He's got the right mindset if, to be a guy. If they could get him in that range, he's the he's the. I, I would be so happy with that. Pick. That's that's not that's gonna not cause me any. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, just really quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at fifty six, let's say we trade back to like sixty two, pick up a fourth round pick or whatever. All right. So you got pick either fifty six to like sixty five in that range, and you've got Quinn Miners on the board, Josh Myers. Javante Williams, Ben Cleveland, and who's the other guy that I was thinking about that we would – oh, um, Walker Little. You trade back again. How many spots? If those five guys are all still sitting there, you trade – You would consider any one of them. You trade back four spots. You know that at least you know one or two of them are still going to be there, um, and then you'll have your pick of those guys. Because you need another, you need more draft picks. So you, those those five guys are all sitting there. You move back four spots. Yeah, because I take yeah. I, take I was just I shared a I shared a mock with you before the show on a, on a separate interview that we did um, that's coming out this week as well, um, where I did a I trade back a couple trade backs, and um, which I didn't like. And I had the similar situation <laughs> where I ended up with a board that had uh, the defensive tackle from Washington on it. And Javante Williams and Walker Little and Josh Myers and Quinn Miners and Ben Cleveland and Dwayne Eskridge and, you know, Baron Browning and Amon Ra St. Brown, the wide receiver from US. All those guys were available and all those guys would have been really nice fits for Seattle. And so I was very comfortable trading back a little bit more to, to get another pick because I knew I would still have, have guys on the board that I liked. And that's the thing about the draft it's like you have to be comfortable. Trading back, knowing that you might lose the premier guy, but you've still got four or five other guys. Yeah, because you were able to pick up another pick. You know that that's going to give you some value. So you get as you well. get multiple players, and yes, um, despite what everyone want what says, like the the hit rate, the fact that you get a star, a pro mm. a Pro Bowl level player, is higher at the top of the draft than it is like at, at you know in the top right. ten than it is um, you know at pick. 40, but it's not prohibitively so. And if you look at the um, the difference from moving from like you know, what the Seahawks usually do from like 26 down to 32 and you get two players, the, the likelihood that one of those two players is a pro bowler is higher than if you'd stayed at 26. That's the point of moving down that you're only you're trying to get a bunch because you're just trying to hit on a few players to be pro bowl level talent yeah and before john schneider came seattle really didn't do a lot of that you know didn't really accumulate picks like that Um, no instead so it is an interesting strategy and it has proven to be very effective if you look at the long stretch of history on the last 10 years while there's misses and so forth and and fan individual fans are upset that we dropped back and we missed a specific player that turned out to be amazing um on the on the whole, just accumulating all of those things, you're infusing your entire team with a larger talent base overall mm-hmm. because you're not relying on undrafted free agents to make up some of that, you know, space at the end. Anyway, um, cool. So we caught caught up on free agency. I think it's it's we're now entering the quiet period yep. where deals aren't going to be in a, imminent um, on a daily basis. We're just going to hear about deals now and again. 
or none for a week. And all of a sudden we hired, we, we signed a guy out of the blue. Um, I think we did great considering the resources that we started with. We had very little cap entering free agency. We freed up some immediately by the Dunlap deal. We ended up getting him back. I think it was brilliant. I think John Snyder really knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. to be completely honest so far. I mean, they handled the Russell Wilson deal. It got out of control for a while that by not really kind of playing into that situation, it just kind of resolved. And, um, and then they were able to move through free agency and do some deals that I think really helped the team overall and got them better in key spots that we really needed to improve upon. And we still have a little bit more to do, but there's quite a bit of time to do it. We've got the draft. We've got some additional free agency time. There's always camp cuts, all that kind of stuff. You know how that works. Mm-hmm. So overall, I'm, I'm pretty darn happy. Pretty happy. So Keith, what, what else is going on this week? And we'll get out of here. Um, Nothing. <laughs> awesome. Right on. I think I'm, I'm supposed to be going to Flagstaff for like a little three-day weekend at the end of this week. Really? And it's been a long time since I've been up there, but it snowed this week. And I kid you not, after moving to uh, Phoenix, I've uh, slowly but surely donated uh, the vast majority of my winter clothing. I don't even know <laughs> if I have a sweatshirt <laughs> enough because it's it literally was like 25 degrees last night there. And uh, so I'm I'm probably in trouble. I might have to go buy something. And it's just now getting really hot. It was 88 degrees here today. And, uh, and, and it looks like we've turned that switch and there's no going back. So it's just going to get hotter and hotter. So I don't know if buying a sweatshirt is the best investment. Either, so. <laughs> yeah. You, you live in, you, you live in Arizona sweatshirts. They're not necessary. They really just unless don't. you go to Flagstaff. Unless you go to Canyon. Although I'll, I will say I love flag. Like flag is, is a, it's just a really nice town. It's, it's small. It's in the forest. It's in the trees. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got that logging town vibe, which reminds me yeah. of Washington. It's elevated um, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's got there's cold in the air and it, I, there's just something about flag stuff I like. So yeah, it's supposed to be 94 here next Thursday Friday, and it's supposed to be 62 there. No, so that that'll tell you the difference. And it's only two and a half hours away, two hours from where we live. Yeah. So um okay, so find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com has all the shows archived on it and you can find us on your favorite podcast app we just expanded our reach and now we're on stitcher and itunes and well we have been on itunes but iHeartRadio, um everything every single platform yep. that i could possibly find out there we are on it and um and if you find a platform that we're not on it send me a little note and i'll make sure that we that we get it added on there for you because we want to make sure it's on your favorite platform so that's it uh, next week, we're going to get back to our prospect looks, and I think we're focusing on the defensive line yes, we are. This, this next show next week, so come back for that. And also, I uh, don't know the order of uh, podcasts that we're releasing, but we also have a, a very special interview with a very special guest from the NFL Mock Draft Database website is going to join us for a really nice um, about what, 40 minutes, 45 minutes of talking NFL draft stuff, uh, draft simulators, kind of getting into the weeds wonkish-wise, lifting up the hood of the website and finding out how it operates on the back end with all the uh, deep uh, analytics and big data and machine learning and all that. So if you're into that, definitely want to join us for the show on on the interview. Um, So until next time, Keith, go go Hawks. 
Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.